Welcome to Until the Bell Rings. I'm your host, Crystal J. Miss Marks, if you've ever taken my class. Here's the deal. I'm for inclusive and equitable education because it better serves the young people that are relying on us to prepare them for whatever comes next. Speaking of young people, today's episode features a conversation with two former students. I'm pumped. And I wrote a poem, as usual, but it will be included in the separate bonus episode because Alex and Ella deserve the spotlight today. So join me in my joy of learning from those I was meant to teach as we travel through the hallowed hallways of our high school. All right, so I already know this is going to be my favorite episode, no matter how the conversation goes, because I have two students on here, Alex and Ella. Say hi. Hey, everyone. All right, so first, I want you to introduce yourselves, including kind of what you did when you were at De La Salle. So who wants to go first? Oh, okay. Hi, y'all. I'm Alex. Um, I went there from eighth grade to 12th grade, and I was a cheerleader my entire time there. And uh, I was also a part of No Place for Hate. Nice. Um, hey everyone, I'm Ella. I went to Del Sal from ninth grade to tenth grade. I was a part of No Place for Hate. I was. A- <laughs> <laughs> you went there through senior year, just so you know. Twelfth grade. Twelfth grade. <laughs> I said twelve. It sounded like twelve. Wait, wait till you play about. <laughs> Anyways, ninth to twelfth grade. Um, I was a cheerleader, tennis player, um, no place for hate, Spanish club. Oh, little cha-cha-cha there. Very nice. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, first I want to start with, what was a time at De La Salle where you felt really accepted and respected? Um, that could be with certain people or in certain classes and certain places. Bingo. Okay. Um, there was a few places, especially with friends that I've made at De La Salle, um, but I'm not even saying this just because I'm on your podcast. Your classroom was really a place where I felt comfortable long after ninth grade when I had you as an English teacher um, and other, you know, other teachers as well who focused on academics, but also made me feel like a person and a student. Um, so definitely that. Okay. Um, I felt really included within the entire student body. Honestly, I felt like the students were really good in that way. I never felt like awkward in any position or situation that I was in. Um, and then I talked about this in our interview as well, your classroom, 100%, not just because we're on the podcast (laughs) and also the cheer team as well. Mm -hmm. I, I always felt like I could kind of just be myself unapologetically. I, I would add to that, the yeah. cheer team 100%. Yeah, I feel like there were a lot of different personalities with like within mm-hmm. the cheer team, but every, there was a lot of love there. It was fun to watch. There was, I think we're different or we were different from like some other groups maybe um, where it was kind of like this internal rivalry within the group, which was crazy to me and cheer we like still talk to everybody, you know, we still hang out and I think it was a great group of people. Nice. Um, I like Alex, what you said about within the student body. One of the things that I've kind of always thought is 
the students make De La Salle so great and the adults in the building need to catch up, right? So we did bring this diverse group of people together. Um, and when it's just the students, like even when I was in my classroom, I felt like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. But sometimes I'd be in a faculty meeting and looking around like, these are not my people, All not all of them. You know what I mean? Okay. Just because a different mindset. Um, so when is the first time you felt like something happened at school where you felt like, ooh, this doesn't feel right. I don't feel like I feel like I'm being judged here or I feel like a certain group is. Um, in eighth grade, actually. Eighth grade, no, you just got there. Yeah, they had an admissions event at an elementary school. Like people from different high schools went there and had a table. And um, I looked around at the group that they chose and it was fully one person from every race. Like it was so obvious that- they, Yeah, okay. and I was like, oh. And then when future admissions events or what have you came around, they stopped asking me, not that I made a scene, but they asked the other Asian in our grade. Did you ask them about that when you saw it? No. No. Because I didn't, not that I didn't feel like it was my place to, but I was like, oh, maybe they'll just switch off, you know, yeah. like that's how they're feeling, but they, they never did. Yeah, and sometimes they, I think yeah. when you're so young, you don't necessarily have language for like, this seems wrong, but you don't necessarily know why. Um, mm -hmm. What about you, Ella? Um, well, you sent me that question earlier and I was trying to think, I can't necessarily think about my um earliest memory mm -hmm. but I can tell you about a memory that sticks out a lot okay. um senior year and you've touched on this in previous episodes mm -hmm. um there's a book my class was supposed to read uncomfortable conversations with a black man um and you know my class so mm -hmm. you're not going to get everybody to read but I honestly felt like this book was um I felt people were willing to reading, willing and wanting to read it. Um, Why do you think that is? Because I think we're touching on subjects that just we don't talk about in the classroom. And De La Salle being, having such a um, big African-American population, um, books that relate to us, especially in current events during, um, like this climate right now. So um, I was excited to read it. I was ready to read it and it was shut down very quick. Um, and me and another student went to go speak to the principal about it just for clarity um, and explain other seniors how we felt ready to read and then got shut down with little to no explanation. And so the principal is talking to us and she's, she's saying, we can't make anybody uncomfortable. We don't want anybody to be uncomfortable. We don't want anybody to leave the classroom and have hurt feelings. So me and my friend were sitting there like, you know, she is so right. Like, yes, you know, we're thinking, yeah. this, we're thinking this through. We're like, she's saying all the right stuff. She's, um, we're like, okay, um, nobody should be uncomfortable. And so we went to another teacher who we were talking um, about. The teacher was not me, by the way. No. <laughs> Everybody can know it was not me. It was not you. It was not you. And so we went to another teacher and she was like, 
yo, that makes no sense. And we were like, what? We were like, are you kidding? She was like, no. And she was like, think about who is being made uncomfortable. And we're like, oh yeah, okay. And so we were thinking um, and just how well you use the term before, just how gaslighted we were because we left the meeting thinking that was a good meeting. We can explain. And she said, explain to your classmates as to why we're not reading this book anymore. Oh, mm-hmm. Holy yeah. And so, so I was like, okay. Wait, she asked you to explain? Well, if students were to ask like why we're not reading this book, you know, just give them like, you know, we don't want anybody to be uncomfortable. Um, why do you think you would be tasked with that? Honestly, I think it's probably because one, we reached out and two, I guess we were, I don't want to give us like the term, like the spokesperson for the grade, but we specifically, you know, decided to go out of our way, set a time aside to me. So I, I think, I don't think it was anything bigger than that, honestly. Um, who knows? <laughs> but um, yeah, so I just remember sitting in the teacher's classroom long after that conversation and just her explaining as to why um, you should still be able to read the book. And I was like, oh, right. Yeah. Um, Well, I remember I I was aware of when the book was shut down and it happened pretty quickly. Like an email was received uh, from a parent about um, they were assured critical race theory wouldn't be taught in class something to that effect it was shut down that happened pretty quickly how long after like did it take you a long time to have that sit down conversation did it happen pretty quickly yeah I think I remember the um meeting happening I don't want to say quick it it took it took a minute maybe a couple maybe one follow-up email um to finally sit down in the office and it was a quick 20 30 minute um discussion so not super fast well I remember you know during uh what is that IWP he used to come Mm -hmm. sit in my classroom very Mm -hmm. fond memories from last year a lot of (laughs) conversations Mm -hmm. um and one day this did come up I'm not sure how and I was surprised because when I found out I reached Mm -hmm. out about it and um like similar times, what I'm often told is like, well, if the students have a problem with it, as always, you can send them to me or um, always making it seem like I'm the only one with this issue. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to know what kind of conversations you had with your classmates, because again, you know, the whole point of this is I think that the student body at De La Salle deserves better. And um I also want to give them a voice, right? I want to start speaking up so others speak up. And it always blows my mind uh, how many people are, you know, keep going, you're doing a great job, keep speaking up. I agree with you. Um, But then nobody else says anything. And one person talking doesn't, you know, it doesn't cause change, to be honest. So I'm curious about how your classmates felt about it. And if they agreed with you, why do you think they didn't speak up? Or like, did you talk to your parents about it? What did they say? So um, I talked to my parents about it and they were just, they didn't agree, but they were like, you know, you did what 
you could do. That's that's about it, which I felt as far as classmates go. Um, I think, and Alex, I don't know, you can back me up on this one. Mm-hmm. I think, especially towards the end, coming towards the end, like late junior year and then all through senior year, mm-hmm. we see, um, I don't know, we, we're more attentive to what faculty and staff is doing now. Yeah. Um, so, so like there was a point in high school where it almost like, I don't want to say this, like you were selfish all this time, but you kind of stopped looking outside of yourself and you started seeing other things like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so classmates, it was just a common consensus maybe that we were like, no, we're not going to anybody. Nobody ever does anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was like, why waste my energy and time? And the one time you do go out of your way to put this energy and this time into having a conversation that you find important, you get shut down or pushed to the side. And so then you're just like, okay, well, I'm not even going to bother with that again. Yeah. I hate that. Like, I mean, and- I understand it, but I hate it. Yeah. Um, Alex, did you ever have times at school where you feel like you, not you could have spoken up, but something that bothered you maybe enough to speak up, but you felt like, hmm, what's the point? Um, this is, this is very personal, like to me, like, I feel like just cause I'm like being dramatic about it or whatever. Um, so you're, I mean, your experience is your experience. <laughs> but when I didn't make homecoming court senior year mm-hmm. and multiple teachers were like, this like they came up to me I'm walking in the hallway they just hey Alex and I'm like yeah you know what's going on they were like I'm genuinely surprised that you did not make homecoming court because I know a lot of people voted for you and I thought about speaking up about it because I don't necessarily like just not even me visually but I'm not like a football player I don't right. act super like masculine buff you know all that mm-hmm. stuff so I'm like did y'all not let me on because I'm not what you want the school to be represented as? Or did I genuinely just not get enough votes of some of these other people? Which I'm not saying I deserved it or that I I like had the most votes out of every boy in the grade, but like for the amount of people that came up to me on their own telling me you should have made it, I almost yeah. was like, what's going on? Like, I don't care. It's too late now. The pictures are done, the votes are in, whatever. I just want to know like what happened, but I feel like it would have been a, no, you just didn't get enough votes to some of these other people, which I just, like, I know that that's what would have been said. So I was just like, whatever. So, well, Ella, you were on student council. Maybe you can answer this question. No, you were not on student council or you can't mm-hmm. answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never been on student council, which is so funny. Everybody, like all of- Really? How do I have year? very vivid memories of you being in I student council meetings? no idea. Everybody's always like, hey, you're on student council. Why don't you do this? I'm like, y'all, I'm not on student oh, council. Oh, it's because I went to no place for hate meetings. Maybe that's <laughs> why. <laughs> Probably. Like, okay, well, maybe you can answer. I've always wondered why- for the boys, the teachers pick the 12 boys to go on homecoming court. How come the teachers don't pick the girls or the school doesn't pick the boys? Do you know? Have no, you I, I haven't asked, but that's a good question. I think that's a probably a question we've asked amongst ourselves. Yeah, like yeah, students. Okay. Like we've always like, that's so strange. But no, I've never asked like an administrative body. Like it is strange. 
Maybe because they're, I don't know, but maybe because there's so many boys from one grade that like, if it were to be a grade thing, Mm-hmm. there would be like two votes for a person mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying so okay when I was you know I went to Dulles South 100 years ago and <laughs> <laughs> when I was at Dulles South they it was just like the girls they had boys from every grade mm-hmm. oh. this, yeah it wasn't always all seniors I think that makes so much more sense honestly that's what they do at like public schools here I was just wondering I mean there's maybe there's a good reason for it I just don't know it I was just curious if you guys knew Mm-hmm. another question you had but never asked yeah so yeah. now I'll never know thank you very much <laughs> for um so my first um the first time I felt like mm, something's not right here was at open house mm-hmm. any guesses why um I don't even know if it's a guess like I, can, <laughs> I, I don't think it's a guess I can pinpoint I never actually did open house did you do open house I did open house once no Ella like, you never did open house no, no, like I didn't go to open house. Oh, okay. Like oh, yes, I went to the open house. But so you did work open house, right? I worked all four years, yeah. Okay, how was that? Um, I personally loved it. I love interacting with people. I love um bragging, I guess. You do, but it's true. <laughs> but um I was unaware of a certain pattern um until maybe the next day at open house junior or sophomore year mm-hmm. whereas some I can't remember somebody in my class you know made a remark something about like you know they put black people with black people and and I was like what no no that's not true and so then I'm thinking back to my families and I'm and now that okay this is coming from like the furthest part of my memory but now I'm thinking about it in ninth grade I think I had a total of two or three tours all my the families were black and then I had a tour with a white family it was like the end of the night so um smaller families were coming together so it was white family white family and like a black family maybe and so I got that tour but a white girl also did the tour with me so I just I, I didn't even think about that till just now look at that um so Alex you did open house how did you like doing open house I hated open house oh no why (laughs) because like they they trained the tour guides for like a week before and so I had to go to all the meetings I had to sign up for all these like google forms or whatever we had to do and show up to open house and stay till the end and because there were no Asian boy cheerleaders I sat there the entire time doing nothing every year. And I was like, hey, can I go on a tour? And I got yelled at, literally screamed at, no, sit back down. And I was like, okay. And then come senior year, they gave me one. One. And I had a family of two, like two different families that came together. They were both girls. Um, and they were not interested in anything that I did. So I think that they were just like, well, he's a senior. We have to give him something. So here. So when I, I thought that's kind of what I saw my first year, I was in the front greeting people. Um, The experience itself, you know, wasn't bad. I got to meet Mm -hmm. a lot of potential students and um, so that was good. But, you know, I definitely was watching like, oh, this doesn't seem right now. I didn't, um, 
I didn't make a big deal about it. And it wasn't at a point where I was really thinking negatively. Like in my mind, that might be something that you do, but like subconsciously, like you don't really realize that you're doing it, right? So um, at about probably about halfway through the evening, I asked like, hey, are we... Uh, Mm -hmm. matching tours with certain races um and it was just like oh no 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 we're just doing it by interest like you know if it's football player football player whatever and I kind of left it alone now maybe for other reasons the next year I was not in the front of the school I was in the gym and um I kind of noticed the same thing and then I heard the students talking about it and I'm like no I'm not crazy like this is exactly what's happening right um but you kind of want to think the best like you don't want to think that and again I don't I don't think most of the things that happen it's like these people are racist I think it's like this you know bias that you don't realize you have um and then you make decisions based on that. And if people challenge that because it's uncomfortable to think, ooh, I might be biased, um, then you don't really listen to it. Um, I definitely, the more I notice students noticed is when I'm like, well, I gotta push back a little bit on this because I went to Dulles High School. I did not go to open house because I only moved there um, like a week before school started. <laughs> But if I were a student coming to Dulles open house, I would have noticed that they went to search for a black girl to show me around school. So it's not even just that our students are noticing, potential families uh, that are coming to the community are noticing. So, you know, my whole thing is without ever saying anything, you've already kind of set a precedent or you've already kind of, shown like divisiveness in what is supposed to be a diverse and inclusive environment. Um, so did you ever think about how many teachers of color that you had or how many administrators? Is that something that you personally thought about or that uh, was ever a conversation among the students? We, I never thought about it until it became a conversation among students and because we were talking not like a huge group but like you know just like my friend group and then maybe a couple others that were just at the lunch table and we were like we barely have any black teachers here and then we started counting and we're like that's not even a whole hand you know or like even like in the past like teachers that have left were like we just there were not ever that many like because I I didn't think about it until it was brought to my attention because I was like, I didn't even like, I didn't even think about that because you're right. There's barely any black teachers here. I didn't think about it either. It was a student that pointed it out to me my first year, um, just when I was saying, you know, I moved here from North Carolina and I'll eventually move back. And he immediately was like, dang, then we won't have any black teachers. And um, I was like, um, well, uh, which is kind of for me, I don't know how I, I definitely didn't grow up with my parents always talking to me about race, you know, in life, you figure some stuff out. Um, and I'm not upset that they did that because I think that it never occurred to me that I might not be able to do something because I'm black or like people would, you know, at least when I was younger and I'm grateful for that. Um, but it was definitely, there was a, having such a diverse group of students, it really 
forced me to look at things that I hadn't looked at before. You know, last year there were four full-time Black teachers, like classroom teachers, three out of the four left. Yeah. Like, and I know that even like the principal was asked, like, why do you think that is? And it's like, I don't know. But like at a certain point, don't you at least have to wonder like, ooh, something might not be right here. <laughs> um, but it's just so easy to not want to, to not hear what you don't want to hear, right? So um, mm -hmm. I know that over the summer, we sent teachers to, they had the first ever Lasallian Diversity Institute, which is good. It was a little summer program. I think teachers brought specific instances and examples from their school, like to help them work mm -hmm. on it. De La Salle sent four teachers or four people, four white males to the Diversity Institute. Mm -hmm. And not only that, because I had resigned a little bit before that, um, the principal called and emailed reminding them that, you know, Crystal is not supposed to be there. If she shows up, she shouldn't be there. Right. So, oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> so when you think about like how much I'm not being taken seriously or how much it, it's like create this story in your mind that I'm psychotic, like you thought that I was going to show up at a Lasallian you know, function, no longer being an employee. So right. much so that there was another crystal that works in um, the LaSallean district and she sh and she's black and she showed up. And for a minute there, it's like, ooh, I don't think you're supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. So I just, um, <laughs> so I, I guess like, so what are, what are your do? priorities I like, at this point? <laughs> like you're sending the four like white males, but your priority is like, do not let her in. Right. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. Right. So then my question to you guys is, how do we then improve upon the situation? Because I think, you know, I'm, I'm pretty rational. I had a good relationship with everybody, uh, adults, students alike. And it wasn't until I started saying like, hey, this isn't right that all of a sudden I was just completely disregarded. And um, so like, if they're not listening to me, students and parents don't step up because, well, they don't wanna either cause trouble or they have the expectation that they won't be listened to. Like what needs to be done here? You said it earlier um, on the call and I actually said it yesterday in my oral presentation. Oh, that was, what's today, Friday? Wednesday, in my oral presentation, um, presented in the class about our interview. Mm -hmm. I genuinely feel like if they just had more people at De La Salle like you to help you with this fight and this battle, it would be a little bit more heard. Okay. Because fight, like just having one person constantly going to them, they're gonna like. Well, they they did. They got tired. They were just like, well, here here Miss Marks is again. Like, oh, she's here. A little, yeah, let her speak you know but like having like a rotation of people they'd mm -hmm. be like oh now it's somebody else maybe you know just having a team to help combat this issue I think would be it would not 
completely eliminate the issue because there's always going to be issues everywhere. But yeah. I think that it help the issue kind of start to at least go away a little bit in some way. Or at least be addressed. Like, that's my thing. It's not even being addressed or spoken about like how can we improve I love that we are such a diverse school and I hate that there aren't more of more diverse Catholic schools but I think um, before we start to um, really move toward making the other Catholic schools diverse I think the first move is we've got this diverse school like let's see how you successfully do this so that when we start implementing this in other schools that it works um and I'm with you, people just have to speak up. I, I, I remember the day my heart hadn't decided yet because man, I love being in the classroom. So it was a very hard decision to go. But I remember the day in my head when I was like, I gotta go. And it was um, right around homecoming time with the whole, um, they couldn't do the nineties dress down day, but they did the country versus country club. And um, you know, the students thought it was, and. And even in that meeting, uh, the student told me that he straight up said, like, man, that's racist. And he's told, well, that's not racist. It's just not how, you know, not, not what we want to portray as a school, like people dressing up as 90s hip hop artists or something. And I said, you know, what you need to do is you need to talk, like, you need to talk to somebody. You need to take it, you know, to someone and, you know, see what comes of it. And he looked at me, he said, well, I'm coming to you. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I was like, man, I'm failing these kids. There's nothing I can do. Like literally, obviously I brought it to the front. I'm happy to do it. Right. But, you know, then I'm just kind of told like, well, that's, you know, that's not what it is. Um, and then yeah. I kind of have nowhere to go. So like, that was the moment where I was like, well, if I can't help the students from being here, um, then maybe I don't need to stay here. Um, yeah, I don't know. So what about, um, can I add on to that right quick? Sure. So, um, you talked about it, I think maybe last episode, but we're not even allowed to sign petitions or anything. And I think like the lack of voice that we can have. So I'm going to a meeting, but I'm going to be shut down, but like, I can't even get a petition together, which I feel would be so, um, helpful you know a hundred students say something like in the handbook is racist you know if a hundred students if those are small a hundred students yeah. is a lot of people um within De La Salle. so and then you can look at that and be like well maybe we should revise the handbook but no it's like okay this is possible grounds for expulsion you know it's it's not it's a constant battle but I just it became this point where you're kind of saying it's just you can only do so much until you're finally just defeated and I think at the end of senior year I felt extremely defeated not to say that I didn't enjoy all my time or that some of these instances made my time at De La Salle worse I I genuinely enjoyed my four years of high school and I'm happy because not a lot of people can say that but um at the end when it came to issues of race or sexual orientation um or transgender issues it was just not even worth speaking about or discussing at Delisa because I was getting nowhere 
Was that also a conversation among the students? Um, how De La Salle dealt with um, sexual orientation and uh, transgender issues? Oh yeah. Yeah, and especially because we have so many students who identify within the LGBTQ plus community um, and just not even acknowledging, you've talked about not allowing to have a date of the same sex. So we've maneuvered this so many times in homecoming. So we're like, okay, Alex, invite some one of our friends and then that could be your date, but really she's like coming with us, you know, like, um, it's just, and the poor trans students who ha are forced to wear a skirt when they identify as um, a male and want to use he and pronouns and having to use the uniform and the complete, um, I'm not sure what word I'm looking for, but just, they don't even recognize, you can't, use their preferred name their preferred pronoun like it's like being erased yeah yes and I think it's so crazy because if I was like all right everyone I think I'm ready to go by L I, I want to go by Ellie it'd be like okay it would be a discussion but yeah. they use the name like a weapon it feels the dead name like a weapon and it's painful to see yeah. so yeah, I really struggle. I, I remember asking a student once, um, you know, oh, are you going to prom? This is last year in one of our mini classrooms. Yeah, I feel like I've, I've heard you talk about this. Yeah, before. and I said, like, are you going to go? No, you know, they don't like the gays. They don't, wait, they don't like the gays at prom. And my instinct was to be like, don't say that. But also, <laughs> you know, and I, and I've said this before, like, what if you're a freshman who doesn't have a lot of friends at school yet and you just need like a wingman to come to a dance with you? Like yeah. you can't even do that, which is yeah. insane to me. Cause also like as a freshman, doesn't that get your school more exposure and maybe the kid mm -hmm. comes to your dance and then wants to come to school. So, you know, one of the questions that I have asked a number of times, and this is bigger than Dolisal, I can't even put this on them is can a Catholic school by the definition of what it is, be truly inclusive. Some argue yes, some argue no. I think yes, just because as an educator, as educators, all adults in the building, like the first job is to love and accept kids because that's when they're going to learn, right? And you pushing back on sexual orientation or uh, gender identity is not going to change the outcome, nor is loving somebody anyway, um, an encouragement of anything. It's just saying like, you are who you are and I accept you for that. And mm -hmm. you don't have to understand it. You don't even have to agree with it, but it's my job to love and accept you anyway, right? Mm -hmm. um, so then my last question is, do you think that De La Salle represents what the world is right now or what it should be? And by that, I mean, you know, there's a lot of racial divide and a lot of on the surface, everything seems okay, but really behind the scenes, you don't have any uh, marginalized groups running things, uh, you know, things of that nature. So just, I think that it should be, um, it should represent what the world could be, but what do you think it represents? Like, what does it model to the students? I feel like, 
it definitely gives like world right now vibes not what the world could or should be um and i mean that's just like you know my personal experiences there i'm not gonna say that everybody has felt that way you know but like just experiencing what i experienced i feel like you know i see on the news and i hear from other people like the horror stories of the world in the real world and mm -hmm. that's obviously not to that extent you know to uh, to some degree but like what they're telling me is like terrible things that happen on the world i'm like yeah it's in my high school right now right like this is where it starts right on a small scale yeah. and again i always say like it's not just about including others it's about teaching people to include others because if you teach young people better they don't get to adulthood and do and these horrible horrific acts and uh you know that we see and they don't treat people that way what about you ella um so i think I, I agree with Alex in his statement. Um, and the De La Salle student body is so different from the De La Salle faculty and staff. Um, of course, like there's an age gap. So, you know, there's differences there. Yes. But in terms of like, when I walk into De La Salle, I, I do feel like I'm walking into the real world in terms of the people I see. Mm -hmm. um, and even, the faculty and staff it's kind of like this you know of course it's not said and i they're definitely not trying to say this but when you're having this basically all white staff it's a reminder that this you know these are your people in a position of authority these will continue to be your people in position of authority your whole life it starts here it's starting at high school and then you move on and you're seeing it in the real world, um, whether that's, you know, get you go on to university, a PWI, or you're coming into um, politics and you're just seeing who's running the nation. Um, and I want to answer your question about can a Catholic institution be, um, what, did, what did you say? Can it be inclusive? Mm -hmm. um, I go to a Catholic institution right now, I feel very included. Um, and I, I feel, I feel very, yeah, and I, I feel, love that. I feel just in terms of friends too, the amount of friends that I have from all over in different places, identities, whatever. Um, I feel like where I am does such a great job because they're talking about those issues. They're having a black student union, you know, um, where everyone is welcome to go. They're having they had an LGBTQ soiree, which was fun and you, you know, you mingle and you meet people and it's just like, and I'm, I know that's a big step from where we are <laughs> in Dallas now. Like, so I'm not saying like Dallas now hosts the LGBTQ soiree next. I'm just saying like, when you make- Why not? It's down the street. <laughs> no, just, just a little walk. Yeah, I mean, walk. who knows, who knows? <laughs> but when you make people feel included, it's just like, it's, it's a possibility. Therefore, a Catholic institution can be inclusive. Absolutely. I love that. Um, I do want to point out something you said that I think is really important that you said, like, you loved your high school experience. I did. Um, mm -hmm. But that you're also aware of these things that were mm -hmm. going on. And um, I just think people forget that human beings are complex 
and we can hold more than one feeling, right? We can kind of have dual experiences at the same time. So when I, you know, would say to administration, your students, like they don't, a lot of them don't feel included. They feel excluded. Why well, I disagree. I see all these kids smile all the time or these kids are involved in everything. They're smiling. <laughs> yeah, they're smiling. So everybody's happy. Or like, you know, almost everybody on this campus is involved in an activity. Well, A, that doesn't necessarily mean that they feel accepted and respected by adults on campus. Mm -hmm. B, like, how do you know they're not joining these smaller groups? Because on a larger scale, they do feel excluded. You know, there's just, um, so I think, you know, even as I continue to talk about this and as people move through the world, like they need to know just because somebody is smiling or somebody is enjoying the experience does not mean that they're not also aware of, you know, what's wrong with it. I, mm -hmm. whatever, uh, when Colin Kaepernick started kneeling and in my class, they wanted to talk about that all the time. And I let them because let's learn how to disagree now so that you're not mm -hmm. online, like spewing yeah. hate later in your life. Um, but the, the, the harmful thing of like, if you don't like America, get out, like, don't be here as if you can't love something right someone but mm -hmm. also see where there's room for improvement or like no yeah. this isn't right so um I'm glad that you said that like you loved your experience at Dulles mm -hmm. South and I think a lot of students feel that way I just think there's also this other part that students yeah. are talking about that would take it to the next level that would make them sit here in this conversation and say like you say about your school now, I feel so included. And even just the way you guys smiled when you said that, that makes me so happy that you guys get to feel that like every day. I love that because that takes something, you know, that is already a pretty good experience and it just makes it even better. And that wraps up my favorite episode ever. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did because not only do I plan to bring Alex and Ella back, I intend to let you hear from other graduates to learn more about the student experience from the source. In fact, if I haven't spoken to you already and you're interested, reach out. You can find me on Instagram at Until the Bell Rings. Also, don't forget to listen to today's poem inspired by this very conversation on the bonus episode. Until next time, don't be afraid to talk about the hard stuff and remember to include others. I'm Crystal J, also known as Miss Marks, and thank you for listening to Until the Bell Rings.